to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're going to be talking about Filipina voices and leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. I'm Cheryl White, a cultural psychologist with the Neighborhood Association in San Diego, California, and I'm going to be your host for today. I am delighted to have with us Dr. Christine umali Kopp, cultural psychologist, DEI facilitator, and higher education professor. Dr. umali Kopp, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes, and also with us, we have Anna Marie Cruz, founder and chief Elevate Her Officer at um, Entrepreneurship. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. <laughs> thank you. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. All right. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for being with us as well. Thank you, Dr. Wright, for having me and creating this space. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it is just my delight and pleasure. And why don't we start with you and just ask you to share what does it mean to be uh, Filipina in the United States? That's um, a, a great question because I can already say I'm not going to represent everyone's voices. I can only mm-hmm. share from my perspective, mm-hmm. uh, but I also can share from some of the experiences I've had in building entrepreneurship and seeing some common threads in our community. But from my personal perspective first, I think being Filipina, being Filipina-American here in the United States is so uh, mixed with a convoluted history and our immigration and our history with the United States. For me personally, it's, it's, um, it dates back to my grandfather's experience being um, a, a soldier fighting uh, alongside American soldiers during World War II. That's as far as I can remember in terms of our relationship with the U.S. And then moving here in, to the United States in the early 80s when um, my family was finally reunified because, um, well, because we were able to after a lot of political unrest in the Philippines. So I think um, in the larger context, definitely a lot of, again, history, convoluted history with immigrations. A lot of the other folks that I know may have um, have had parents who moved here because they were part of the professional wave of immigration back in the 60s and 70s and um, other reasons that may have brought their uh, parents and grandparents here. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned entrepreneurship and sharing from that perspective. Would you share a little bit about um, the organization? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Entrepreneurship is a portmanteau of entrepreneurship and Pinay, which is another word for Filipina. And it is a platform that is intended to support Filipinas in uh, in pursuing entrepreneurship. It's also a tool for self-determination or decolonization. Uh, if you will, it's an opportunity for us to pursue our creative endeavors, our entrepreneurial endeavors, and... Um, pursue it wholeheartedly without anyone telling us what to do. So that's the spirit behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a, an adventure bringing together Filipinas from all communities, uh, including 
from outside the United States to help them see that entrepreneurship is a possibility for them. Wonderful. Well, I salute you for being the founder and having the vision. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. And uh, Dr. Umali Kopp, I'm going to ask you the same thing. What does it mean to be Filipina in the United States? You know, I was trying to think, how should I um, be brief? Because <laughs> there could be a very long-winded response to that question. But um, I think one of the first things that pops up for me is there's a beauty in being Filipino and Filipina, and Filipina specifically meaning Filipino woman. Mm-hmm. And knowing my culture and being proud of it. And at the same time, uh, for a good part of my formative years into my early adulthood, a lot of times I felt really marginalized. And it's because I was the first generation born um, in the United States. I come from an immigrant mother. And uh, oftentimes I felt like I wasn't Filipino enough. And then I'm not white, so I'm not American enough. Um, And I, I think I had to really growing up and and find a comfortable balance and acceptance of the two into my later early adulthood so probably my late 20s so for me it, it has really meant what do I need to do to balance in the world of my family of the Filipino culture but what must I also do as far as acculturation is concerned so that I do Um, achieve success Mm -hmm. in mainstream U.S. culture, which is often defined by white culture. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, that's been a strong force um, behind my identity as a Filipina in the United Mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Dr. Molly Kopp, you used the word acculturation. And I would love for you to just share what's acculturation and, and how is it, how does it differ from assimilation? Well, For assimilation, I would say that would be the traditional goal. In fact, it was the goal of uh, part of my family. So my family immigrated post-1965. So they were part of that wave of immigrants from the um, the Philippines um, who had skills and education and they were professionals. And so um, with assimilation back then, I think that was more the focus for a lot of the parents in that generation. And what that meant was their children should come here to the United States and really reflect mainstream U.S. culture. So that meant a loss of language for many of us. It meant um, maybe some some loss of tradition and really focusing on speaking English um, and really practicing or honoring the culture at home and showing that um, out loud, if you will, in public. And for acculturation, It's not about relinquishing or giving up my cultural heritage as a Filipina. Acculturation is about being able to embody the beauty of both cultures. I am both Filipina and I know I am a product of the United States. So I am American as well. And so it's really not only loving and accepting both parts of my heritage, but also embracing and showing pride in both. So I would say that's the main distinction, assimilation being kind of giving up my Filipinaness, if you will, for American culture versus acculturation where I feel like I'm at currently, which is a a blend of both and an Mm -hmm. acceptance of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ho- I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it does. And I appreciate um, your elaborating and, sh- and just talking a little bit about both, because I think 
part of the journey, I think, for our, our listening audience is to understand uh, the significance of the difference between someone coming and learning the skills to be successful and effective um, in, one might say, the host culture mm-hmm. right? Uh, versus one maybe feeling they have to check themselves and leave themselves at um, the border someplace, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that looks like, in order to be successful and a contributing member of society. So uh, I do appreciate your elaborating on that. I'm going to actually say with you, Dr. Molly Kopp, and ask you, because you started a little bit, so I want to have you just share more about um, how being Filipina has impacted your life and leadership journey. So for me, I was raised in a family that didn't give me a choice about education. I always knew I was going to go to college. It was a matter of what would I be pursuing in college. And that has been a very strong force um, in my cultural family background as far as what I was going to pursue career-wise. And it has provided me with, I feel like, a, a really strong support network, at least at home, with regard to pursuing my education and pursuing my profession. Having said that, there's always a challenging side to things, right? And, and I feel that even as an educator at a community college, where you would feel, or I would expect, I should say, there to be greater openness, sometimes I too experience backlash. So I don't necessarily fit the stereotype of a Filipina who is maybe more passive, quieter, agreeable. That is the stereotype. I am not that person. I'm much Mm -hmm. more assertive. I'm direct. I'm straightforward. Mm -hmm. That's just the style that I've developed and that I'm most comfortable with. And I have found that that can present challenges even in higher education, that I could be as assertive and forthright as my white counterparts or my male white my, my male white counterparts more specifically, and yet I'm received differently. So I have been labeled things like unprofessional, disrespectful, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that part of that has been because of how I present, that I am perceived as an Asian woman and maybe specifically as a Filipina. Mm-hmm. And with that comes people's expectations of me. And when I don't fit those expectations, there is a backlash. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's been, you know, a beautiful part, a strength in, in bringing that part of me into my life and my professional leadership journey. But there's also been challenges that I've had to push through um, to really get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your um, sharing that and um, identify with the struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anna Marie, I'm going to ask you to share the same with regards to maybe sharing how being a Filipina has impacted your life journey. And on the other side, we're going to take a commercial break here in a moment. But on the other side of that break, I'm going to ask each of you to maybe share what has given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on and uh, then move into, you know, what do you want others to know about um, the Filipina community and how others can best support um, the journey. So I'm going to ask our listening audience to stay with us and I'm going to ask each of you to both stay with us and we will be right back 
on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters today, talking about Filipina voices and leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. Delighted to have Dr. Christine umali Kopp, cultural psychologist, DEI facilitator, and higher education professor with us today, as well as Anna Marie Cruz, founder and chief Elevate Her officer at Entrepreneurship. I'm going to get that right. <laughs> so, thank you both so much for being with us. And I'm going to toss it right back over to you, uh, Anna Marie, to just share a little bit about your um, life journey and how has being Filipina impacted that life journey as well as your leadership journey? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, being here, it, this question, you know, makes me reflect on being here and how I may have thought of myself 10 years, 15 or 20 years ago, and actually having a space like this, because I think, you know, this question is, is really about the lack of visibility that I felt growing up and why I created entrepreneurship and why I actually pursued the career that I have, or even 
the major that I pursued in college, which was sociology, like having a better understanding of race, class, gender in the United States, because I felt so lonely being a, you know, a young Filipina in elementary school and thinking, you know, no one looks like me in leadership. No one looks like me in the media. And the things that I hear about are negative stereotypes about myself or my, my community, things like, you know, we eat dog or we're mail order brides or we're just domestics. And um, it also makes me think about just Asians in general and the stereotypes that Asians and Asian Americans have faced in that same vein. So for me, you know, being Filipina, being Filipina American and um, having, having the voice and being able to show up on behalf of my community and platforms like this and saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're more than just these negative stereotypes or we're not these negative stereotypes. We are here because we contribute to society in many different facets. We are educators, we're creatives, we're entrepreneurs, we're scientists. So I think having been in that place of invisibility growing up really helped me to fortify what I wanted to do for myself and for my community as I got older. And I also want to mention, you know, seeing my, my mom, when I first moved here, I was only nine, and she was an educator in the Philippines, had all the credentials. She was a guidance counselor, a principal, but when she came here, all of that disappeared. That wasn't recognized, and I think for so many immigrants, that's the struggle that we go through, and unfortunately, the only jobs that she could pursue were low-wage jobs where she wasn't respected at all, um, and then also informal jobs, mostly in the business of care that is often Mm -hmm. not paid fairly or is sort of, you know, under the table. Mm -hmm. So um, again, you know, it's, it's a lot of these feelings of maybe at that point, anger, feeling invisible, feeling lonely, and doing something about that in my career today. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I want to um, just elevate the, the thought with regards to, people who work in jobs that may pay lower wages, um, us as leaders understanding and valuing um, what those positions bring, be it someone who's doing domestic work or someone who's doing other work, because I think that's um, that others who may be in those positions can feel, as you've expressed, Anna Maria, invisible. And how do we as leaders demonstrate and show our value for every person, regardless of what position they're in. So I I call upon leaders everywhere to just be mindful of um, how important every position is um, to everyone's success. Um, You know, so um, Chris, I'm going to go back to you, Dr. Um, Umali Kopp, and ask you to uh, just reflect and share, you know, when faced with adversity, what gave you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? It's about reaching out for support, love, care mm-hmm. from those who make me feel seen. Mm-hmm. They don't always have mm-hmm. to look like me, if you will. Mm-hmm. Although many times they, they do, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or getting connected to, so recently through entrepreneurship, actually, mm. I got connected through um, that organization or Anne Marie's organization with other women who are exploring their own professional paths and their entrepreneurial mm. opportunities. And it's provided me with just a place where I could feel seen and understood and mm-hmm. connected. Mm-hmm. But I also have circles of women, for instance, in graduate school who mm-hmm. I've known for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, they reflect back to me what it is I need to hear. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not a problem. Now, now you all know I have dogs. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. Okay. So, um, and my husband, who is a white man, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, it's going, and colleagues even at school who mm-hmm. don't look like me because there are no other Filipino um, full-time professors mm-hmm. at my college. Mm-hmm. So, Going to individuals where I feel seen and heard, where my reality is accepted, where they don't question that sense of invisibility that you talked about, Anna Marie, I totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. And they don't question, are you sure? Maybe you're just sensitive. They just mm-hmm. say, wow, that's, mm-hmm. I can't believe that's happening to you. And they just mm-hmm. let me unload when I need to. So it's been those moments. Um, and I think the other piece is, what I teach in my classes is about social justice. When I do trainings, it's about social justice. If I cannot speak for myself, mm-hmm. then I'm a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And so that pushes me to continue to fight when I'm tired, to continue to speak out when I just want to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know the significance of what I'm doing and what it means for the women, especially Filipinas and other BIPOC women who come behind me, including Mm -hmm. students, Mm -hmm. um, that if I make sure there's a space where my voice is heard, then I create that same space for women who are younger coming through the ranks Mm -hmm. after I've come and gone. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's those reminders um, Mm -hmm. that keep me going and and how hard my mom fought to be a single mom in the 70s immigrating here Mm -hmm. um, and the life she she hoped for me. Those are all, I think, the pieces that really push me forward and remind me of why I need to keep fighting when I need to. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, I'm going to ask you to share, just for those who may not be familiar with the term BIPOC, BIPOC <laughs> women, <laughs> what BIPOC stands for. Black Indigenous People of Color. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and um, finding fortitude and um, being fortified through having those circles to connect with. I think fellowship is so important for all of us. And I definitely connect with that. I mean, um, and I connect in the groups that we connect in with regards to our graduate um, circle that we still get together, our CHP group. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pleasure going through grad school with you, working with you, yes. and seeing you here today with regards to just um, shining. But those moments of fellowship where we can feel seen and heard and understood and accepted and connected really do uh, fortify us. And I uh, will say to leaders out there everywhere that that's an important ingredient for us being able to uh, keep on keeping on is finding those safe spaces to connect. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for bringing that up and underscoring it. And I'm going to toss it back to Anna Marie and ask you too, with regards to when faced with adversity, 
What has really given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? Keep on keeping on. I love that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think of this question in two ways. Um, I think when I'm feeling exhausted and feeling like I can't take on anymore and that my capacity is gone, I do have to listen to myself and just rest. And rest is hard for a lot of us, right? Especially, I mean, your listeners who are in this, in this space and, and mission-driven work. And we think that if we're not resting, that um, the work isn't getting done, which may mm-hmm. be true, but mm-hmm. if, our, mm-hmm. if our cup is not full, we're mm-hmm. not going to be able to run that much longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So I've been uh, changing my relationship with rest lately, and mm-hmm. um, that helps me to, to basically, obviously, recharge so that I can have more energy to, to move forward and push through the mission. Uh, at the same time, when there are those times when mentally I'm exhausted and, and I feel like I can't go on, I think there's, there's a very distinct image in my mind, which is related to the youth and the, the girls in the Philippines that I often witnessed when I was living there in the city. And, um, and just remembering the, the lack of opportunities simply because they were born in their life situation. And I think, you know what, those are the same girls and women who are going to be vulnerable to being, I mean, exported, trafficked, and uh, put in more vulnerable conditions. And that drives me in entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship as an economic tool to support women and girls is, you know, is, again, a a solution to some of these challenges. Um, So I have that very vivid image in my mind, and and that keeps Mm -hmm. me going. Uh, and it's, you know, it, I think we, we all get in a place of exhaustion um, and we do have to have like kind of like that clear vision board of why we're doing the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that changes over time, but mm-hmm. we need to have that at, at, mm-hmm. at any stage of exhaustion or energy. We just need to have mm-hmm. that very mm-hmm. clear, clear mm-hmm. mission in mind. Yeah, as you share, they, um, there is a project that's called the Energy Project, and it talks about different sources of energy. And one source of energy is spiritual energy. And spiritual energy is that connection to a higher purpose. Um, and as you describe your, um, you know, um, calling on your vision and um, keeping your vision in mind that has allowed you to just kind of keep on keeping on that hope. Um, and having that hope for those, uh, the better life for those um, that you care about and, um, and the vision of that better life. I, I hear that as a wonderful um, ingredient to fortitude, that connection to purpose, that bigger why, and also the rest. Rest made me think of a book. I can't think of the author, but it was um, Language in the Pursuit of Happiness. And in this um, book, it talks about happiness being finding our balance between peace and productivity. So how do I, you know, find that balance between simply being and being recharged in a space of peace and productivity? So I'm not going, 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 but to the extent to where I'm ran down, because I think we all realize that we can't give our best unless we're, unless we're at our best. And as you've underscored, um, Anne-Marie, rest is an important part of that. So looks like we need to take another commercial break. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you each to share 
Uh, you know, what do you want others to know and understand about the Filipino American community? And in the workplace, what can others do to be supportive and an ally to uh, Filipino Americans and Filipinas uh, specifically? So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White and delighted to be speaking today about Filipina voices in leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally with Dr. Christine umali Kopp, cultural psychologist, DEI facilitator, and higher education professor, as well as Anna Maria Cruz, founder and chief Elevate Her officer at Entrepreneurship. <laughs> so, um, as we come back and we kind of settle into this uh, next zone, Dr. Umali Kapp, I'm going to ask you if you would share, you know, what do you want others to know and understand about the Filipino American community? One of the first things that pops up for me is that our community is actually quite diverse. There's a term Filipino, Filipino-American that might make individuals outside of the community think, oh, there's a lot of similarity. 
And while there are similarities, we are a peoples of various languages and dialects. We have various stories. Some of us come from immigrant families like myself. Some immigrated themselves like Anna Marie directly into the United States. Some of us come when um, we're really small, some as adults, some anywhere in between that. And that we're just so diverse, um, even in our background and, and with, whether it's regard to our spirituality um, or even the heritage of our family. Some of us have families who come from China. Some of us have families who come from Spain. Um, and a lot of times when we're looking at the Filipino American community, when the term Asian is mentioned, we're not included in that. So one, there's a diversity in our, our community um, with some feelings around different gr groups within that community. And then we're here in the United States and we fall under this umbrella of Asian or Asian American and then a lot of times we're invisible there too. And so I think um, those are two really important things for people to be aware of, aware of if they're not familiar with the Filipino American experience um, and the things that the community um, has dealt with. Mm -hmm. And one more piece that I'd like to mention too is our country was colonized for 400 years, first by Spain, and then the last almost 100 years by the United States. So there's a lot of influence, or I should say U.S. influence in the Philippines, even if it's from um, culture, movies, media, to language. So mm -hmm. there are, while not all, there are many Filipino Americans who immigrate here already knowing English as a language because it's, mm -hmm. Um, one of the two national languages in the in the Philippines. And so I think those are probably some important pieces um, mm -hmm. to just bear in mind with regard to the community. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate your sharing. And um, Anna Marie, anything you might add with regards to what do you want others to know and understand about the Filipino American community? Well, I definitely echo uh, all of Christine's points about the diversity, the fact that we have so many different languages. We come from a group of 7,100 islands, and those islands were not really a country before the Spanish or the Spaniards took over. So there's a lot of different cultures there, including um, cultures that are Muslim or, you know, that have that as their main religion instead of Catholicism, which was brought over by Spain. Uh, but outside of that, I think... Uh, just in terms of our experience here in the U.S., the Filipinos make up the second largest Asian uh, community in the United States, uh, or excuse me, in, in California, I should say, the fastest, <laughs> fastest uh, growing group in um, California. And outside of the Philippines, we have the largest group of Filipinos or people of Philippine descent in the Los Angeles area, which is about um, over 500,000 people. And we have 1.6 million um, Filipinos of people of Philippine descent in California. So it's a pretty significant group. And yet, um, oftentimes, like Christine said, you know, we feel still very invisible and, and feel like we don't really belong in so many of the umbrellas that, um, that she spoke about. Um, mm -hmm. But the other thing is, I think this, I, one thing I, I do want to highlight is in the last five to 10 years, I have been seeing a lot more leaders rise and a lot more visibility beyond, I think entertainment was kind of the industry that a lot of Filipinos um, 
got visibility in, but now we're seeing leaders in politics, in business, in nonprofit leadership. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many different spaces. So I think, again, the diversity, not only in language, but also in careers nowadays and and how we are um, uh, continuing to, to rise in leadership in a number of industries. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Dr. Umali, when we think about the workplace and what others can do to be supportive and or an ally of Filipino Americans or Filipinas, you know, um, more specifically, um, what comes to mind? For me, um, I know what's been important is to be seen in the workplace, to um, have my credentials and my experience be valued, to have my style and way of being be valued, to um, have a space where it's safe for me to show up as a whole person, as a Filipina, as a cultural psychologist, as the product of an immigrant single mother. You know, these are all things that for me, have been extremely important. So I think for those in leadership roles, mm-hmm. creating an inclusive environment, a truly inclusive environment where people feel like they, it reflects who they are. They are part of that landscape of what that organization looks like, that they are not invisible. And sometimes that can come in big forms, like in policies and procedures and tasks for, task forces. Um, and other ways, it can be smaller things that people don't think about, like when you're in a meeting, make sure that everyone feels heard, including people who might, if you will, look like me. Mm -hmm. So there have been meetings that I've been in where I share an idea that I think is pretty good. And then it's like, okay, Christine, or sometimes I'll get a, okay. Not necessarily the kind of okay that feels welcoming. Mm -hmm. And then maybe one or two or three people later, someone who does not look like me, whether it's a white woman or a man of any color, says the essence of what I mentioned and, oh, that's such a great idea. And I can't tell you how many times that has happened or even um, where I have to assert myself because I've been waiting to be called on in turn to speak at a meeting Mm-hmm. It's making sure that those things don't happen in the group that you're facilitating or that you're leading, mm-hmm. that people's voices are all seen as equal, equally valuable mm-hmm. and ideas mm-hmm. are, and skill sets are also equally valued. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that skill set, too, means you're going to look at your workforce and really tap into what are the strengths of those individuals, no matter what they look like. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that someone who looks like me might experience those things where they're made to feel devalued and invisible. And so it's making sure to, to implement strategies to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I appreciate your sharing that with such clarity. Anne-Marie, what might you add? You know, one clear action that anyone can take, and that this is not just for Filipina women, but for BIPOC women, is mentorship. So if you're in a position of power, if you're in a position of leadership, can you make space, can you make time to mentor another individual at your organization? And when I say mentorship, it doesn't have to be this formal program where you're meeting, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. once a month or whatever that is. It's really about being a sounding board 
and being an ally in that way. Um, and I think that, you know, as, uh, as someone also navigating this myself, I have reached out to people at my organization to uh, at, at different organizations to be my mentors and I've handpicked them because of certain things that they represent, whether it's because they're a subject matter expert or it's because I've seen the type of leadership that they bring that I want to somehow, you know, I, I want to embody myself. I want mm-hmm. to grow into that kind of leader. So it, it is both ways. But if you're in a position of leadership or power, can you mentor someone else and really uh, call, call those people out that you would like to mentor Mm-hmm. So you can extend that hand and, and create that space and, and pull them along to the next stage of their own leadership. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you. Um, and I think that that is just a wonderful um, reminder of um, being proactive and doing the reach, but also being proactive in reaching. Dr. Molly Copper, are you going to add something to that? I did. I loved that mentorship part. Mm-hmm. because I think it's so critical. So even if it's being that sounding board and saying, you know what, at our next meeting, you really should say that. Or maybe I'll make a segue for you. You know, me and Anna-Marie were talking about it. I wanted to give her a chance to share this brilliant idea that she brought up to me mm-hmm. um, in my office. So mentorship can come in just those moments as well. And I mm-hmm. think it's really important to make space to encourage women, Filipinas, to that their voice is important to make space for that voice. Um, and, and so I think I, I love that you mentioned mentorship, because I think that's one way that I really have um, benefited when, when people have done that for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate um, both of those thoughts with regards to mentorship. And also, Chris, the um, thought of creating space to hear others' voices. And so like, if I'm at the table and I have um, the opportunity to encourage others to hear someone else and create space for others to see someone else, you know, do I, as an ally, create space um, for others for that to happen, I think is really powerful. We're gonna take our last commercial break and when we come back, I'm gonna ask each of you just to share What might be some final thoughts that you might um, share with our listening audience on this topic of Filipina voices and how we might increase understanding as well as be an ally? So stay with us. We'll be right back with some finishing final thoughts from both of our fabulous guests. Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 619-453-8093 that's 619-453-8093 or send an email to dr white her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org innovisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service 
Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White and delighted to be speaking today with Dr. Christine Umali-Kopp, cultural psychologist, DEI facilitator. And I keep saying DEI, like everyone knows, diversity, equity, and inclusion. (laughs) At some point, I should probably spell that out. Um, And higher education professor. And Anne-Marie Cruz, founder and chief Elevate Her officer at Entrepreneurship. So I'm delighted to be talking about Filipina voices and leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. Thank you both for all you've shared um, on today's topic. I'm going to ask you just for final thoughts. And Dr. Molly Kopp, we'll start with you. So, you know, I was thinking, what are some things I'd like to leave, any nuggets that I'd like to leave with those who are listening and I know I talked a lot about the challenges of being, being Filipina, but I also want to share some of the wonderful things about our culture. Mm-hmm. And that is, more often than not, you probably meet Filipinos who are pretty prideful of their background, mm-hmm. pretty prideful of being Filipino. If Be careful if, if you ask about that, because make sure you have enough time to listen, because <laughs> <laughs> they'll have stories to share with you um, about their immigration experience or their families or their kids or me, my fur children. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think in general, we're pretty prideful people about our culture. We might not always put it out there on our own, but if you ask, um, mm-hmm. it just gives us permission to be like, oh, okay, well, where shall I start? <laughs> Um, and I can't tell you, I know this seems a little silly, but it's not for our culture. Food is so important. Um, bringing food, sharing food, it's really a form of love in our community. So if you have Filipinos at your work office and they say, I'm going to bring lumpia, I'm going to be pancit, or these dishes, it's really an expression of love and care. Mm-hmm. They're not only wanting to share a piece of who they are with you, but that's significant. 
Um, and so I can't emphasize that enough that the expression of love through food is so important. Um, also, this importance of community, whether it's our family, who is our community that provide us with hopefully that rock in some form of stability, um, the, the, the families that we create for ourselves through our partnerships, um, partnerships or through people who we create as our family. Um, that sense of community also tends to be quite important. And this notion of collectivism, which is really connected to that, so that I know that even though I should not be seen, like I loved how you mentioned it, Anne-Marie, I do not represent all Filipinas, let alone all Filipinos in the community. And at the same time, I know that we oftentimes feel that pressure, that if I don't make it, if I don't show up my best as my best self in that moment, um, if I don't show off the skill set that I know I have in the best way possible, that on some level that can reflect poorly, not only towards of, a, of my family, but also of my community. And so I know that, that, that we do have that pressure many times, but it comes from this beautiful place of wanting to be part of this meaningful collective. And that last piece that I'd like to share is we are resilient, strong people. And I can't emphasize that enough. Um, especially with the women in our community. Uh, you know, I come from three generations of single moms. So we're talking like early 1900s, late 1800s is when the, that lineage of single moms started in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something about our culture that keeps us pushing and moving forward and dusting ourselves off or throwing the mud off our feet, like whatever the form is, there's just the strong resilience about us that I'm so proud um, is a part of my lineage too. And and women even more so, um, they just are so gutsy and tenacious um, and they may fight quietly, but they still fight. And what I mean by fighting is they just persist and they push forward and they don't give up. And so um, I, I wanted to share those, those beautiful pieces about our culture um, mm-hmm. before we parted ways from our talk today. Wonderful. I so appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Molly Kopp. And Anna Marie, how about for yourself, some final thoughts? Yes, I definitely echo Christine's points, um, particularly the the matriarchal nature of our culture, particularly before the Spanish <laughs> took over. That's how the women were, and we have a lot of evidence of that. And uh, it's uh, it's something that I'm personally very proud of. You know, the women in my family are the ones that I look up to. My mother being my north star to this day, even though she passed um, several years ago, and you know, these strong women uh, are just symbols of how, how mm-hmm. resilient the country was over time uh, uh, from after so many wars, right? Hundreds of years of conquest and colonization and wars. Um, I also want to add uh, that uh, I, I think to Christine's point about food equating love, I want to teach everyone this phrase, which is ka'in na, it's, it means, have you eaten? And it's literally every Filipino's greeting and say, way of saying, hey, I love you. Have you eaten? <laughs> if you haven't eaten, if your stomach is not full, then you need to sit here and eat. And that's really like one of the ways that we bridge to other cultures is we invite people to eat our food and share that love. And then finally, um, I want to speak to 
one of the tenets of our culture, which is kapwa. It's that collective mindset that my identity is based on yours, that we together are so interconnected that our humanity matters more than just the individual. It's very similar to the concept of Ubuntu. And Kapwa is sometimes misinterpreted, particularly in the workplace, as passivity, right? Because mm-hmm. we care so much about the success of the collective that sometimes leaders assume that we are standing in the in this behind the scenes and not interested in being recognized as leaders. Mm-hmm. That's simply not true. We just want mm-hmm. everyone to thrive together. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a big piece I want to impart on people. And if you are in a leadership role and you have Filipinas, Filipinos in your, in your team, this is an mm-hmm. important value to us that we want to see everyone thrive, not just, mm-hmm. me, collect, not just me individually, but mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So Anna-Marie, if our listening audience wanted to get in touch with you, or just learn more about this topic, how might they do so? I would love for you all to connect with me on entrepreneurship, which is, I know, a long word, but it's E-N-T-R-E-P-I-N-A-Y-S-H-I-P. You can find it on all social media platforms. You can also find me on LinkedIn, and it's just my name, Anna Marie Cruz. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Dr. Umali Cobb, how about for yourself? How might they, our audience connect with you or learn more about this topic? Sure. I'm at drumalikop at gmail.com. That's Mm -hmm. D-R-U-M-A-L-I-K-O-P-P at gmail.com. I'm also newly on Instagram as drumalikop as well. So those are a couple ways to reach me. Wonderful. Well, it has absolutely been a pleasure just um, having this conversation with both of you. Any shout outs to Filipinos, to the men you'd like to provide before we close the conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do want to say I'm so proud to have in California one of the highest ranking Filipinos who is Rob Bonta. He's the California Attorney General, and he comes from a lineage of um, uh, social justice fighters in the Central Valley, which is the home of many farm workers and the farm workers movement. So shout out to him. He's, he's a tremendous leader, one to look up to. Great. Thank you. And if there's time, I'd like to say, you know, Cheryl, you've been one of my friends and mentors as Jackie Leak, and um, I think it's really important to highlight you're both Black women and you helped shape who I knew I wanted to be. Oh, well, thank so, you. So shout out to you because in part, I am me today because of the both of you. So thank oh, you. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, been an honor. I've traveled the country with you. <laughs> and I always say you are just one of the absolute best facilitators. Uh, yeah, from from designing interventions to facilitating interventions to capturing and packaging data. Uh, you are a master at it. Um, it it's funny. I, I have to introduce you to another colleague I have named Gia Ranson. I probably have mentioned Gia to you because I, I told you she's a great, um, just all around fabulous facilitator and um, when I met her and worked with her, it made me think of, of um, our many um, days and years of traveling and um, facilitating together <laughs> uh, because um, 
you guys are both just wonderful standouts. So, thank you. Yeah, it's just been a pleasure having this discussion with both of you. And I want to thank our listening audience for being with us today. Our um, podcast and our various episodes are available to download at your convenience or join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.